You are listening to the Mom Halo Podcast. This sweet ear candy will serve up laughs and aha moments as we talk to best-in-class thought leaders. These folks are dropping gems of genius. I'm Melana Kapitz, CEO and founder of the Mom Halo community. I'm a fun, fearless, freckled mom with three wild kiddos. I love to introduce you to ideas and people that will rock your world all while laughing out loud because that is the only way to get through the daily grind of parenthood. Plug in your earphones and let's get to them. Wouldn't it be great to shop online without worrying about the way something fits or if you got the right size? If you haven't heard of Smithery Style yet, you're going to want to. They're an online shop who has made many appearances at Mom Halo events in the past. They not only sell gorgeous pieces that they like to refer to as elevated basics, but their mission is to have women across the country feel confident in their day-to-day from the moment you step in front of your closet to get dressed in the morning. How do they do that? By helping you figure out your body shape, giving style tips for those shapes, figuring out your wow colors, modeling the clothes on real women, and curating collections each season of the best pieces for all different body shapes. Watch their daily try-ons over at Instagram, Smithery Style, or head to their website to figure out your shape now. Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. It's Alana Kapitz, and this is the Mom Halo Podcast, and I'm very excited for our new friend, Alana Metallo, is here. So we have two Alanas. Let's give her a big round of applause. Yay for Alanas. We sleep. Um, Alana, walk us through who you are, what you do, where you're from. Please go ahead. Yes. Uh, so my name is Alana Metallo. I am a certified sleep consultant with We Sleep. Um, I am also an elementary school teacher and mom of three girls who are nine, seven, and two. Uh, so leading a busy life here, um, I became a sleep consultant because I was looking to kind of scale back in the teaching um, aspect of my life because uh, things are busy at home with all of these children. And um, I was looking for more flexibility and I wanted to share the love of sleep. Um, I used a sleep consultant for both of my older children and um, had life-changing experiences, um, which, you know, kind of drew me into the profession. And um, so I went and got myself certified and have been doing this for about a year now with We Sleep. Okay, amazing. So when people are calling you right now for sleep stuff, what's the biggest thing that they're calling you about? What's the biggest issue that you get right now? Um, well, I mean, there's two big things. One is, you know, my baby's not sleeping through the night. I'm waking up multiple times a night. I'm doing all of the things, you know, trying, you know, all these tips and tricks that I'm finding on the internet or that my friends telling me about, um, and nothing seems to be working. Right. And I'm just, I'm exhausted. I have other children in the house and I just can no longer function on, you know, this little amount of sleep and, you know, sleep deprivation really takes a toll on our bodies, right? Um, Our mental health, um, physical health, all of those things, right? So um, they're coming to me because they're sleep deprived and looking for help with, you know, these multiple night wakings. Um, And so, you know, we really uh, work together uh, with our clients to uh, figure out the root of the problem, right? You know, there's always something that is causing these multiple night wakes to occur, And um, quite often it is some kind of sleep prop that is put into place, whether that be a rocking, feeding, holding to sleep, um, 
uh, you know, uh, feeding to sleep, all of those types of props uh, will have your little one waking up multiple times a night. Uh, we all wake up throughout the night, but typically we're able to get ourselves back to sleep. Um, but when a sleep prop is used to get us to sleep the first time, we're consistently looking for that same sleep prop to get us back to sleep. Um, and this is why these poor moms are so exhausted is because every sleep cycle that's happening, they're needing to go and implement that same sleep prop to get them back to sleep. Um, so, you know, we work with families to, you know, work on eliminating those sleep props so that we can get our, our babies connecting sleep cycles um, so that they can sleep those really, you know, long stretches of sleep. You know, we really want them to be sleeping 10 to 12 hours of solid sleep each night. Yeah. And, and tell us, when does that start? Like, the people, I remember, like, it's, I know it's so different for each kiddo. Like, with my first one, I was so clueless and we didn't even, like, attempt it until he was probably six months old. But with my, my, for my daughter, like we just stopped interfering with her. And by nine weeks she was sleeping through the night. And I was like, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> my last one was sort of a total crapshoot, but, um, um, but yeah. So tell us what's like typical, what's the typical walk us through like sleep, sleep 101. What's typical? Yeah. Stage, well, I mean, the newborn phase is kind of like a blur, right? There's not a lot of consistency to anything happening. Uh, you're just getting familiar with baby. Baby's getting familiar to, you know, being in the outside world. Um, so it's really hard to kind of put a schedule or system kind of in place at that point, right? So that's really when... Um, they need you to, you know, kind of help put them to sleep um, with the rocking, the holding, the feeding and that. But things you can do in the newborn phase are, you know, you can always just put the baby down and give them the opportunity to try and fall asleep on their own. Um, and if you do notice, you know, there's kind of excessive protesting happening, you know, by all means, please go in uh, or just, you know, I'm sure they're close by, pick them up, offer some comfort. And, you know, allow them, you know, to calm down. And then you can always try again another time. Uh, but the more opportunities you provide, you know, in that newborn stage for them to have some time to themselves to allow um, to try and settle on their own is really a key thing we can do in the newborn phase. Um, and really keeping wake windows in mind um, so that babies are not getting overtired. Um, we want to make sure that, you know, we're following age appropriate wake windows so that that, um, you know, overstimulation isn't happening because when our bodies are too tired, uh, we can't fall asleep and stay asleep. So, you know, it's really key to follow those wake windows um, kind of as you're going through uh, to make sure that um, we're building enough sleep pressure and sleep pressure is, you know, engaging in activities and things like that for our body to get tired so that we can fall asleep and stay asleep. Uh, but the most common age um, that comes to seek, uh, you know, sleep consulting yeah. is around that four or five month mark. Yeah. Um, and that's really because um, of the four month sleep regression, uh, regression that kicks in. Um, and babies. What is, what, what is a four month sleep regression? Just walk us through the very. Yeah, absolutely. So at about four months, your sleep cycles are really starting to set in. Um, and so that's when you are starting to be awake for, you know, longer stretch. And while you are awake, you're kind of looking for a little bit more stimulation to be happening. 
Um, so, you know, it, it's really a developmental leap that's going, that's going through, you know, your child, which is a great thing. Um, but it's almost like a perfect storm in a way, because you're kind of going through these wonderful developmental leaps, but at the same time, your child is doing things that maybe they weren't doing before. Maybe they were sleeping well, and now all of a sudden they're not sleeping well, um, because, you know, their, their, their sleep cycles have changed now. And so, you know, we're looking to kind of adapt schedules and routines to work with this new developmental leap that's come into place. And, you know, typically around that four month mark is when they're starting to, you know, put their hands in their mouth more often. They're starting to roll, you know, they're really starting to recognize people. Um, so all of these things are skills that they are, you know, practicing and which can impact sleep. Um, but typically, you know, it, babies with strong sleep skills, we try and introduce them, you know, around that four month mark so that we don't really notice the regressions, which we can also call progressions as we're going through, you know, the months, right? right. Um, because quite often as parents, we, we blame, you know, sleep on, on teething or on, you know, uh, on, um, illness that might be happening, or, you know, now we've introduced a new sleep prop because, you know, we saw, you know, a weakness in sleep and things like that. Right. So, you know, that four month mark is a really great time to introduce, you know, solid sleep skills, which will be, you know, life lasting. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think what I what I would love, I would have loved to know from sort of the get-go is that like sleep coaching is available and that this is like there there are people like yourself who are a, a consultant who you can uh lean upon and that all kiddos are different. Cause I remember we'll just take you back to my first kid, when I first heard about sleep consulting and sleep coaching, I was like, what is this like magical person? And somebody <laughs> said, oh yeah, I'm just going to send you like the paperwork that my friend bought from somebody else. And it was like a screenshot of like whatever it was. And I was like, oh, this is like an underground market of people <laughs> like sleep coaching um, feedback. And then I came to learn it was an entire industry. And then I came to learn that like, there's not a one size fits all recipe. So um Absolutely. So talk me through sort of, I know there's sort of high level similarities, but it's not a one size fits all. What are some of the like unique sleep challenges you've experienced as clients and as a consultant? Yeah. So, I mean, there is that misconception that, you know, what works for one child will work for the next one. Right. And some people will hire a sleep coach for their first child and think, okay, well, I'm just going to use the same plan with my second child and, you know, everything's going to be great. But unfortunately, all children are not created equal. Um, and so what works for one doesn't work for another. And just like what works for my child might not work for my best friend's child. Right. So it's really important um, to, you know, find yourself a sleep consultant that really, works with you, um, really understands, you know, your family values, you know, what the things you're comfortable with. And so that's really what we do, you know, here at We Sleep is we connect with families. Um, you know, we have these consultations, we really get to know them, what they're comfortable with, um, you know, kind of the methodologies that they've been, you know, having in place so far. <clears throat> oh my goodness, excuse me. And, um, you know, we fill out this paperwork so we can really get a snapshot of what, you know, their home life is like so that we can put a personalized plan into place. You know, our plans are personalized for each and every family we work with. Um, and the plans are not, you know, set in stone. They are, they are to start with and they are like a working document, right? And so, you know, as we work together, if we're noticing things, you know, aren't working and aren't going, you know, according to plan, we can absolutely 
absolutely, you know, modify things along the way to ensure, you know, success is going to be taking place. Yeah, I love that. So um, let's move on past the four month, six month progression. Somebody's calling you like, let's say eight months to 12 months. What are they, why are they calling you? Um, they just can no longer sustain what they have been, you know, doing so far. And that would, you know, typically, as I mentioned before, involve, you know, rocking and holding to sleep. You know, I've worked with quite a few clients that are, you know, they're getting close to that one year mark and they are just, you know, have so much sleep debt that's built up over, you know, this period of time that they're just no longer functioning well. Um, they've become, you know, miserable, um, very anxious depression sets in all of those things. And I think people really don't value the importance of sleep. Um, sleep really is key to our health. And um, if we're not getting the correct amount of sleep, us as adults and children, um, we really do start to see the impacts of it, right? And I saw them in myself, which is why, you know, I was able to, you know, realize that and, you know, seek help, right? And I think a lot of the times, you know, families are afraid to, um, you know, seek help because it, they might feel like they're failing as a, as a mom. Like, why can't I do this? You know, or it worked, you know, I was fine. My first child was fine. And now my second one, you know, I didn't do anything differently. And why isn't work? Why isn't it working this time? Right. So it's just, you know, really important to recognize that all children are different and that, you know, uh, whatever worked for one won't necessarily work for another. And, you know, we, we've got to figure out the root of the problem. And if, you know, there is a sleep prop, you know, that is in place, it's really important for us to figure out which one it is and to eliminate that sleep prop so that we can get them sleeping through the night so that everybody can start to feel, you know, rested and refreshed. Uh, because really, as we get towards that one year mark, there's a lot of new milestones coming into place. And we really have to make sure that we're practicing the skills that these children are learning throughout the day so that they're not wanting to practice them, you know, at nighttime or, you know, during nap times and things like that. Yeah. Um, do you have any experience? I'm just curious mm -hmm. with, uh, neurodiverse or kids with like illnesses. I just like think it's a different ballgame a bit when somebody's kiddo is maybe medically fragile or whatever, and they want to sort of get to sleep. Do you have, you have any experience with that? So I personally have not um, yet. Um, you know, we always uh, ask for, um, you know, a doctor's approval um, if there are some kind, if there is a medical history in place. And if the doctor has given the go ahead, um, then we would, you know, really, you know, dig deep to figure out, you know, what's been going on, you know, at home. And we would work together to kind of figure out, you know, a strategy that would work, um, you know, that you would be comfortable with. Um, um, because, you know, really where, where parents fear is the amount of protesting that, that can happen, right? And so, I mean, unfortunately, I wish there was, you know, a strategy we could put into place that was magical and there were no tears involved whatsoever, right? But the tears happen because, you know, we're changing something that they're familiar with, right? And especially as they grow, they this is all they know, right? So, um, you know, putting strategies into place that, you know, you would be comfortable with and be able to, you know, follow through with. And, you know, it could be even a gradual, you know, process to be put into place to, you know, I, I'm assuming, would this be for your little guy or? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's almost not even a fair question because I know that um, it's, it's a hard question because I know, for instance, like Henry's condition is so particularly 
challenging and that like we did try to employ some of our strategies that we just knew about sleep coaching but like almost everyone I knew like wouldn't even talk to me about this because like they didn't want to even touch it with a 10-foot pole um you know somebody's post-operative or you know in our case we had a kiddo who um we was really good at falling asleep on his own but had a hard time staying asleep because his whole life he was being like woken up every two hours to feed even like well into being a year old because he's so underweight right so it's just like yeah, constantly yeah. being then he's being fed through his nose and having a nurse like bedside you know to do that 12 hours a night when he was super super sick so anyway some of that um still haunts me but and now a word from our mom halo podcast sponsor who needs superheroes when we have moms Leanne Kim is my go-to resource when it comes to anything starting or growing a successful side hustle or business. She was my business coach for years and has helped tons of the moms in my community build profitable businesses. Leanne knows marketing and sales so well, and she's helping women just like you change their world with their products and services. Leanne has a program starting as low as $59 a month, which makes her the best investment for new business owners looking to take their dream to the next level. Let's, let's move on. Uh, Talk to me now about um, sort of older kiddos taught, like you've gotten through the phase, you conquered it. And then all of a sudden your kid is three years old and they're crawling in your bed every night. Not yeah, like yeah. speaking from personal experience. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Tell me a bit about that. Cause I would like, give me some free advice here. Cause I am dying with my kids coming to my bed on repeat. And I don't know why. Okay. Well, toddlers are um, a piece of work. I mean, they are natural born boundary pushers and, you know, as much as they thrive on structure and routine, they will push and push and push to get what they want whenever they want it. Right. And, you know, quite often us as parents, and I mean, I do this myself, we give in because we just don't want to hear it or we don't want to deal with it. Right. And so they're really smart and they know that we are going to eventually give in, right. If they push and push and push to a certain point. If you're tired or you're busy, you're going to give in to whatever it is that they need or want. Um, So it's really important to, you know, really, you know, let them know, like even during the day, not even just to do with sleep that, you know, you have rules and expectations and the answer is not always going to be yes. Right. So it's really important for them to know that, that, you know, sometimes you are going to say no and, you know, yes, that, that, it that can be hard. Right. And that can be upsetting. Um, but they have to know that, you know, you have rules and you would like them to be followed. So, you know, setting clear expectations for them, you know, round the clock is really key. Um, as well as, you know, putting kind of a a schedule and routine in place for them that is consistent and predictable, right? Even having a visual schedule up, you know, in your kitchen, in your bathroom that, you know, lays out the steps of what is going to be happening. Um, Something really key for toddlers is giving them a heads up that bedtime is coming, right? Quite often they're engaged in some type of activity and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, it's bedtime. And then, you know, this full-blown meltdown takes place because they're like, no, I'm in the middle of building something and I can't go to sleep now, right? So, um, you know, it just ends in disaster. But if you set a timer, you know, whether it's on your phone or whether it's on the stove or whatever, you know, okay, 10 minutes. And then once the timer goes on, 
off, you know, it's time to go upstairs. The more often you do this, the less resistance you're going to get. In the beginning, you're going to get resistance because, you know, they're so used to just, you know, whining or crying to get what they want. Uh, But, you know, the more often you can, you know, follow through with that you're going to see a change there. Um, And really sticking to a bedtime routine um, that happens at roughly the same time and same place every single day. Uh, You know, timing can fluctuate, you know, if you have after school activities, things like that, or some kind of obligation. But as often as possible, you know, we really would want them to be in bed between 7 and 7.30. So quite often, toddlers are going to bed too late. And if you get a toddler who is overtired, they are unmanageable, right? And I'm sure you know, right? And I see it in my own house too, right? If we hit a breaking point, forget it, it's game over, right? And then it just becomes really stressful for every everybody, right? So the more often you have, you know, something in place that's consistent, it's predictable, they know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, the less likely they are to, you know, throw a tantrum at this time. It's also really key to keep them empowered in making decisions for, you know, around bedtime and something as simple as choosing pajamas, right? Like putting out a couple of different pajamas and saying, you know, choose from this selection, or if you like, you know, pull open the drawer Here's your choice, right? Choose one. Um, Letting them choose, you know, the bedtime stories that you're going to read that night. They love that feeling of, you know, responsibility. I'm in charge. I've made a decision and my decision matters, right? right? So allowing them, you know, that sense of empowerment is really key to keeping them on board, right? We want to keep them engaged in this process, even though, you know, we want them to work for us. We still want to be able to work for them as well so that you guys can work together. Um, getting a grow clock. Do you have a grow clock? Do you know what we, have a, a, we have a, uh, what's that one? One of the other, not the grow clock. I have the other one. Um, hatch. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. We have a hatch too. Um, do you have the hatch with the clock on it or just the, the, the plain light. hatch? Yeah. The light. Okay, perfect. I mean, it still functions the same way, right? It's got like that rise, rise to shine kind of function where um, if you set it to a a specific time, it will turn, you know, a certain color. And that's when it's time to wake up, right? This is, you know, an amazing tool. And actually still use it with my older kids who are seven and nine, uh, because I don't want them waking me up on the weekends at, you know, 7 a.m. So I set their clock a little bit later on the weekends. I set it for 7.30. And even if they are up before that, they're not allowed to get out of their room, right? And this is a tool that as long as you, you know, put it in place and are consistent with it and, you know, set the expectation, you know, this is what we're going to use this for teach them how to use it um, and stay consistent with it, you're definitely, you know, going to see changes um, as well. Consistency is the key to making the magic happen. Yeah, honestly. Um, And consistency is really where we often fall apart, right? Because we try something for a day or two and we're like, "Eh, that's not working. So I'm going to try something new. And then no, that didn't work. So now I'm going to try something new. And then we're kind of flip-flopping through all these different strategies. And then our kids don't know what to expect. We don't know what to expect. And so it just, we get nowhere. Yeah. Right. So it's really key to put a plan in place to stick to it, honestly, for at least seven days solid, 
even when times get tough, because toddlers are tough, right? You know, you put them to bed, you think they're sleeping, and all of a sudden, you know, you go to, you know, take a shower, and there they are behind you, right? Um, I I think you have, you know, that happening over there. Um, You know, and so it's really key to, you know, if they are, you know, coming to find you um, in the middle of the night, or, you know, at some point, you are, you know, just bringing them right back to their room. In the beginning, this can happen multiple times. But as long as you are not engaging in like conversations with them, uh, not doing anything exciting for them, don't get them, you know, a snack, don't get them water, um, you know, don't, you know, allow anything fun to kind of happen. Um, they eventually get tired of it, right? So, hello. Get out Is of here. it past your bedtime? Way past. <laughs> but he's so cute. As my six-year-old creeps up on me. Yeah, we're having some serious bedtime battles. Like it's 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 beyond he wants one-on-one time with me. We call it golden time. And yes. he wants it all the time. It's not it's not enough that I give it all like he wants to name it, he wants to label it, he wants it to me now because my other two are sleeping. So the the two-year-old and the four-year-old are sleeping. The six-year-old is like, now it's our time to get our golden time in. So that's what he's looking for. He's well, so maybe you can make like a schedule for him and put it on the fridge um, and show him, you know, like this is our time slot together. And, you know, maybe it is after the other ones are in bed for, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever time, you know, you can allow for, but make it a visual for him that, you know, on Wednesday, you know, this week I can, you know, let's have our golden hour at this time. And, you know, just so that it's something that he can see, he can get excited about and he can make reference to so that he knows it's coming, right? Otherwise he'll want to have it with you every day, all day, you know, at whatever time of day. Right. right? So if we make it something that's visual, you know, for him, it might help as well. Yeah, he's a big schedule. He always makes he always makes uh, his own schedule, his own routine all the time. It's there's a million of them around this house, but yeah, I know that's helpful. Um, yeah, so tell me about now. Those are toddlers. I think that's really good advice. Being very consistent, using a grow clock. Um, you know, not giving into any of their pieces. I mean, I would say the majority of people I know with kids who are like great, like grade one, like their kids are not going to bed at seven 30. Yes. So the thing is, you know, parents are often afraid of an early bedtime, right? There's this misconception that if I put them to bed early, they're going to be up early. Um, And it totally doesn't work like that, right? We really want to catch our kids before they become overtired. And quite frankly, like when they've been at school all day, there's a lot of stimulation and activity going on. They are tired, even if they tell you they're not tired. Right. So it's really key, um, you know, to, you know, make sure you are putting them to bed at the right time for their age. Right. You know, like I have, I have a seven and a nine year old and, you know, they go to bed a little bit later. Right. Sometimes it's eight, sometimes it's eight 30, kind of depending on the night. Um, you know, it's, it's really, you know, kind of working, you know, with your schedule. Some children don't have to be up till a little bit later in the morning. They, you know, have a little bit of extra time, but then there's some kids who have to be up at six 30 in the morning because they go to before care. Um, you know, before they start school, right? So, you know, you want to make sure that they're getting, you know, the correct amount of sleep, you know, for their age, right? And so, you know, around that age, you know, the six-year-olds and kind of up, you know, from there, we're really looking for anywhere from like nine, 10, 11 hours of sleep. Right. So if you kind of work backwards from when they have to be awake, um, you know, you'll kind of get yourself a good bedtime. 
Right. And so just making sure you're sticking to that bedtime and not like getting it to be too late. I mean, the weekends are a different story. Um, You know, we do let our kids stay up, you know, a little bit later on the weekends, but during the week, we really try and stick to an earlier bedtime. Um, And something that's really key, you know, when you start a bedtime routine, um, don't start it and then like do pieces of it and then go back downstairs and then come back upstairs and then, oh, go to the playroom and, you know, kind of, you know, zigzagging around the house. Um, Once bedtime routine starts, um, you know, if you're in a two-story house, it's you are upstairs and there's no coming back downstairs for anything. Um, When you're downstairs, you need to, you know, get your snacks, your drinks, you know, your good night to anybody down there. Those things are all taking place before you head upstairs. Because once you head upstairs, there's no coming back down, right? So, because this is how we can actually become a little bit overstimulated is if, you know, oh, now we're turning on the TV or now oh, we're watching, you know, a show on our phone or, yeah. you know, things like that. We want to stay away from, you know, any kind of screen time or, you know, extra stimulation before bed so that, you know, our bodies are nice and calm and relaxed when we are heading to bed. I think that's um, right. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I know you asked like for, for the older children um, as well. It's the same thing. It's really just making sure that there is, you know, a bedtime routine in place and that, you know, bedtime is happening, you know, at an earlier than kind of later uh, time frame, and really making sure that, you know, there's no screen time happening at least an hour before bedtime. Yeah. Yeah. We're being really, really, really um, adamant about that. Um, and I find for us, like, like Wednesdays is a perfect example. We're not even home from extracurricular till five 30. Yeah. So, um, it's a hard one. And I think for us, like personally, on a personal level, when we go into like emergent situations or one of us is in the hospital, like things just go off the rail here because we rely on so many people to help us Absolutely. in the family that like, I'll come home and I'm like, Oh, how was bedtime? Oh, he went to bed half an hour ago. I'm like, are you kidding? It's, <laughs> it's like 11, <laughs> it's like 11. Are you kidding? So we have this slippery slope where like we're super, super consistent for like many, many weeks. And then it goes off the rails and it takes a l- actually quite a while to get back. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely guilty of like going downstairs and, you know, also wanting a one-on-one with my six-year-old. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go make their lunches. Okay. Join me. What do you want in your lunch? And before I know it, it's like 45 minutes later than I anticipated. So it's a good reminder for sure. Um, so I think you and I could do like 15 podcasts on all of <laughs> We need absolutely so many things to talk about (laughs) so much. Um, okay, cool. So, I mean, I feel like we just hit the tip of the iceberg here with ages and stages, but what's the one thing you want really people to like remember and, and, and take home with them today? Uh, like I was saying, uh, consistency is key to making the magic happen. Um, if you want to see changes in your little one's sleep or even your older child's sleep, you really need to put a plan in place, stick to it, follow through, you know, set expectations, um, and know that, I mean, things are not going to be perfect. Our children are not robots. Um, you know, we can hope that, you know, everything will be perfect every single day, but the reality is it won't. Um, so just knowing, you know, setting expectations, but, you know, also realizing that things can change. Right. But as long as you are consistent as often as possible, you are going to see changes in your little one's sleep. Um, It's also key to ensure that we are steering away from using sleep props to get to sleep. Um, Those are great to use in the newborn stage of life. But really, as your child grows, we want to stay away from feeding to sleep, rocking, holding, um, 
you know, letting them crawl into bed and sleep with us as much as we love, you know, those snuggles, um, you know, having their own sleep space is really key to us getting, you know, restorative sleep and them getting restorative sleep. And that's really what we're looking for. We really want to, you know, have our children, you know, in a nice, calm, cool, quiet sleep space, you know, maybe a sound machine on uh, to drown out, you know, outside noise. If you have a busier household, multiple children, um, you know, making sure, you know, you've done all of the things for your toddler and that before they go to bed um, so that they're not, you know, asking for a snack or want to say goodnight to, you know, dad or something like that. Keeping everything, you know, in check, checking all the boxes before we head to bed so that we can assure everybody is, you know, resting in peace. I love that so much. I think I have 15 more questions for you, but when we hang up this call that I'm going to keep going because I just need a, a little bit more of you, but yes, uh, thank you so much for your time today. If people want to find you, where's your coordinates, please. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at, uh, at we sleep underscore Alana. So Alana is A-L-A-N-A, just like you. I mean, it's not many Alanas in the world, and I feel like I'm running into more and more of them these days. Um, You can also find me through the We Sleep uh, website. I'm on there. Um, And, you know, we do offer services, you know, both virtually and in-home, you know, depending on where you live. Um, But, you know, we work with clients all over the world, you know, from East End to West End, you know, to Dubai, to Maldives, to British Columbia. I mean, it's, it's endless, which is amazing, you know, to share the love of sleep with people across the globe. Uh, but yeah, on Instagram is the best place to look for me. Send me a message. Um, you know, I'd love to answer any sleep questions that you might have. And um, you can look for me on the We Sleep website as well. And that's We Sleep dash, oh, sorry, we, W-E-E uh, dash sleep.com. Thank you so much for being here today. It was great to connect with you. Thank um, you so much for having me. I can't wait to start letting people know who you are and for them to learn more about you and your services. So super insightful podcast. And I really appreciate your time today. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mom Halo podcast, I'd love your support by sharing it with others, posting about us on social, or leaving a really good rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mom Halo. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Cookies and Cribs Sleep Consulting helps parents like yourself teach healthy, independent sleep habits from the age of newborn to five years old. Alana Ozeal will teach your little one to sleep through the night, give you and your partner your nights together, and that little break that we all need at the end of the day. Cookies and Cribs will create a personalized sleep plan for your little one to give you the confidence and support each day working together. Book your free consultation today on the website and receive 10% off your services.